Fair Use Notice. This channel may make use of copyrighted material, the use of which has not always been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This constitutes a fair use of any such copyrighted material as provided for in Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Law. In accordance with Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107, the material on this channel is offered is offered publicly and without profit to the public users of the internet for comment and nonprofit educational and informational purposes. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is a use permitted. No copyrights is are claimed. The content is broadcast for study, research, and educational purposes. The broadcaster gains no profit from broadcasted content, so it falls under fair use guidelines, www.copyright.gov. And we'll be right back. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was provided by DisclaimerTemplate.com. Hello, my lovely loyal listeners. It's Sunday, September 18th. 2022. I want to take a moment to say happy birthday to my sister by marriage, my brother's wife, which I call my sister. Happy birthday, darling. I love you so much. Now, today is Sunday, and this is Just Miss Rose, and this is my Sunday podcast. So, I want to Take a second here to, you know, thank you. Listen, if it wasn't for you listening, I would still do these podcasts because they are very, very, very therapeutic for me. But the fact that I know that you, yeah, you are listening, I love you for listening. And we'll be right back with today's episode of Just Miss Rose. I don't know what it's going to be about. I don't know. Well, you'll see when I come back, right? Because you'll be back, right? All right, then. I'll be back after this brief pause for the cause. <laughs> Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. <laughs> All right, my lovely loyal listeners. We are back. And we are on the website, fairygodboss.com. And this article is entitled, 
three good reasons to quit a toxic job without a backup plan. It was written by Anna Marie Howless, journalist and travel blogger, last updated February 14th, 2022. Quitting takes courage, especially if you don't have a plan B. Usually, it's not advised to quit before you know what you're going to be doing next. But there are some times when quitting, even without a backup job, is just necessary. When the job you're currently working is a toxic one, you might not have time to come up with a plan before you have to get yourself out of there. One Fairy God Boss member is grappling with just that, and she shares her struggle with the Fairy God Boss community. I have been at my job for about one year and eight months, and it has been a total nightmare, she says. Bit of background. I am a successful investment professional with a master's degree from a top 10 B school 13 years of experience and multiple designations, and I have always succeeded in every job I have had until now. I find myself in a situation where I am in an abusive relationship with my job. They gaslight me, use me as a pawn. The partners are fighting for future leaderships and have basically set me up for failure since day one. She says that she has never felt so disrespected. It is a toxic situation that I am trying to leave, but struggling, she goes on. I know that it has affected me personally, and this is coming out in interviews and also personal relationships. I want to quit with no backup, but that scares me so much. Anyone have any experience with this? I am single, so I rely on myself financially, but I am mostly worried about how this will look to future employers. Of course, the Fairy God Boss community has chimed in with advice to help. Here's when it's okay to quit your job without a plan B. According to Fairy God Boss members, who have been there, done that. Number one, leave if it's hurting your health. I entered into an abusive relationship with my last, not current, employer. I was fresh out of school and eager to begin my job in my field of choice, says an anonymous Fairy God Boss member. Unfortunately, because of the high rate of toxic environments burnout in my industry, I was led to believe in a stick-it-out attitude until things got better. I got through the imposter syndrome phase. Well, guess what? Toxic is toxic is toxic. I left with no plan B as I was dreading waking up in the morning gained 30 pounds in the time I worked there, four months, and watched two employees hired after me, 
walkout. She says she was having panic attacks before work and waiting for her daily berating from her boss. She knew she just had to leave. Leaving was scary. I stayed unemployed for six months, she said. I was terrified when trying to find jobs the longer my unemployment lasted, but I kept pushing. My current employer didn't even ask about the gap, just about my skills and how I handle problems. It wasn't until they asked why I left my job that I just answered my employer. Wait a minute. It wasn't until they asked why I left my my job that I just answered my employer wasn't a good fit for me. And then I asked about management style work-life balance. Turns out they knew my former employer and understood her to be toxic. I love my place of work now. I am so happy to be where I am and I have grown so much from taking that risk. I look forward to work every day, which is something I never believed to be a real thing. If it is killing you, you have to leave for your sanity and health. Other Fairy God Boss members agreed. I couldn't agree more, says Shay00. I've done this. I've had no backup plan. It is not peaches and cream when searching for those months before you find your next job, but you can and will find something else. People will tell you don't leave, it's what we are taught, but health, nothing is above your health. Panic attacks when you start huffing and puffing while driving, making making moaning noises as you are walking in, giving the long fake smiles. You sit down and your heart is dancing. It's time to go. Anxiety is something that can happen even when you aren't doing anything. But you don't want your job to trigger it. There is life after your job, I promise. Number two. Leaving, I mean, number two. Leave if it's affecting your self-esteem. Feeling the same fear you do. I stayed at a previous position until it got so bad I was suicidal, says Jen Stevens. The longer I stayed, the more my mental health deteriorated, making even looking for a new job all but impossible. My mental health was so bad it was affecting my physical health. My self-esteem got so low I was convinced no other company would want me which is a textbook abusive relationship. Realizing that I was leaving that job or my life, I quit. Stevens got a new job just six weeks later. It was a massive pay cut, but so very worth it, she says. I'm not saying quit right now, but please, please, please do not let it get as bad as I did. And scary as it is, once it reaches a certain point, quitting a horrifically toxic job is what you need to do to find a new one so that you are out of that toxic environment and can use your energy to find a new job instead of it all being used to deal with the toxic job. 
Other Fairy God Boss members also note the importance of maintaining some semblance of sanity. Your health and well-being are more important, an anonymous Fairy God Bosser adds. Number three, leave if you have the funds. Maybe you don't have a plan B, but if you have some money saved up to survive until you figure one out, call it quits. calling it quits is much easier. This is why best practice is to have three to six months of your fixed ex- expenses in an emergency fund, says Finkel Murphy. Some clients keep a separate F-U-F, forget you fund, whatever you call it, Start scrolling it into it before you pay any bills so that you can pull the plug. Many Fairy God Boss members in the community seem to deem emergency funds important. Do you have an emergency fund that is not retirement, that is six months, winter is coming? And do you have the ability to find other employment? F.G. Beer Flossie also asks. Tender and resignation. If you are concerned about clients, offer to structure a notice that supports them, but be strict on what you won't tolerate. They can choose to accept, negotiate, or refuse your terms. I'm hoping you have documented the toxic work culture. If you offer notice you aren't killing your career, move on. Now, lesson, ladies. This is why you have an emergency fund. Everyone needs six months outside your retirement fund of FU money. Most others agree. Joanna Toutlow asked a bunch of questions regarding funds and savings. Do you have funds to live off of live off of for a few months? Does your area have a strong gig economy such that you can stretch your savings with driving Uber or some other such thing until you land your next position? Do you have a list of companies you would like to target and possibly even names and connections or or potential connections there. She says that sometimes you just have to jump ship before you go down with it. Just make sure you have at least a life vest with you or a boat to swim to, she adds. This article reflects the views of the author and not necessarily those of Fairy God Boss. Anna, Anna Marie Howless is a multimedia journalist for a gamut of both online and print publications, as well as an adventure aficionado and travel blogger at herreport.org. She covers all things women's empowerment, from navigating the workplace to navigating the world. She writes about everything from gender issues in the workforce to gender issues all across the globe. What's your number one piece on quitting a toxic work environment? Share your answer in the comments to help other Fairy God Boss members. And you guys, that is the end of that article on FairyGodBoss.com. Three good reasons to quit a toxic job without a backup plan. Written by Anna Marie Howless. And we'll be right back with another exciting article. I love you for listening.
All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back. And we are on the website, work.cron.com. And this article is entitled, Can Coworkers Get Fired for a Verbal Fight in the Workplace? This was written by Ruth Mayhew, updated June 28th. 2018. Workplace conflict is inevitable given diverse work styles, cultures, and generations in the workforce. However, verbal confrontations and fighting in the workplace are never acceptable. One reason organizations have conflict resolution and alternative methods to settle workplace disputes in place is to prevent disagreements from escalating to the point of verbal fighting. Co-workers who disagree so vehemently that they resort to verbal fighting might face severe consequences. Employer rights. Verbal fighting can be viewed very subjectively. What one manager thinks is fighting may be considered a mere disagreement by an employee with HR expertise. In every state but Montana, private sector employers generally follow the Employment at Will Doctrine. The Employment at Will Doctrine means an employer has the right to terminate an employee at any time with or without notice, for any reason, or for no reason, provided the employer's rationale isn't based on discriminatory reasons. What this means for employees who get into verbal fights with coworkers is that the employer, in almost every, in almost all cases, can indeed fire coworkers for verbal fighting. Job-related disagreement. Coworkers have different ways of approaching their work duties, and as such, they may clash just because one employee prefers a process that another employee doesn't. When a disagreement becomes an argument between two coworkers, it's probably not a matter for which they should be fired. Their disagreement may be no more than a heated debate about the work process or method that lends itself to better results or or productivity. Even disagreements over work processes that could have a significant impact on results or productivity aren't necessarily firing offenses. However, they should be addressed as soon as possible to prevent future disagreements about the same topic. Direct harassment. When coworkers violate the company's non-discrimination and anti-harassment policies by verbal sparring, the HR department should address the matter immediately. Arguments that cross the line into discrimination and harassment are offensive to other employees and directly contradict the company policy of providing a workplace where all employees feel safe from threat or humiliation.
Depending on the company's policy, co-workers could receive a written disciplinary warning, suspension with the requirement to complete mandatory sensitivity training, or even termination. Firing Firing an employee who engages in a verbal fight classified as harassment or discrimination is a severe action, particularly if the employee isn't aware of the company policy and has never participated in diversity training or hasn't been exposed to a diverse population. Outright outright threats. Employers take workplace violence very seriously and many companies consider threatening language, behavior, and actions reason for immediate termination. A manager should act quickly to defuse heated arguments, threats, and verbal fights that can escalate into workplace violence. Alternately, alternately, an HR or security department must quickly intervene to stop the incident. Unless HR is a witness to the art to the argument, an HR staff member generally conducts an investigation to support any decision to fire co-workers who engage in this level of verbal fighting. Subordinate manager conflict. The very nature of the subordinate to manager relationship suggests that verbal fighting between a member of management and her direct report is never acceptable. Some companies take a hard-line approach to situations where arguing occurs between leadership and staffers. However, it's unwise for HR to recommend immediate termination for the staff member without first examining whether the manager or employee is the aggressor. Termination must be justified. The call shouldn't be made based on position alone. Preventing conflict. Prevention is key for employers to meet their obligation to provide a safe working environment. Providing a safe workplace entails promoting acceptance of diversity in thought, practice, and work habits. In addition to proactive measures, employers must be reactive when employees engage in unacceptable behavior. Swift response to verbal fighting and other signs of disrespectful behavior is critical for employers. Equally important is HR's attention to conditions that underlie workplace conflict, such as stress, ineffective leadership, low morale, and overall job dissatisfaction. All right, you guys, that is the end of that article from work.cron.com. And the article was entitled, Can't Coworkers Get Fired for a Verbal Fight in the Workplace by Ruth Mayhew. And we'll be right back with another exciting article on this episode of Just Miss Rose. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening.
All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are now on the website upjourney.com. I said upjourney.com. And this article is entitled How to Deal with Coworkers Who Don't Like You. It's written by the editors and it's updated on March 9th. 2021. Sadly, you can't always choose the people with whom you work. So sometimes you get stuck working with a coworker who dislikes you. Here's how to deal with coworkers who don't like you, as advised by experts. Maisha or Misha Maliki, lawyer, mediator, author, the conflict resolution grail, awareness, compassion, and negotiators toolbox. Whether a coworker doesn't like you or it is your perception that you are not liked by the coworker does not change the end result. That is, the work environment will be toxic. You will view any further comments or actions by the coworker through the lens of hostile intentions as opposed to situational causes, even if at times it may only be your perception that they intended to harm you. The end result is less well-being and more toxicity in the work environment and undoubtedly the home environment as you take your spillover emotions home with you. It affects the bottom line, your productivity, and the productivity of the organization. Remember, Not everyone has to like you. The goal is not to be liked. In fact, people who are focused on being liked oftentimes put the relationship ahead of solving the problem and getting their own needs met. Over time, they become bitter and unhappy as they lose self-respect without being effective. The goal is to ensure you remain productive and happy at home and at work, despite the adversities that life throws your way, including hostile coworkers. With that said, I would recommend the following when dealing with a coworker who doesn't like you. Remind yourself that you are not there to be liked by everyone. If someone doesn't like you, it is more about them and their unaddressed mental projections than it is about you. Even if it is about you, it does not matter. Keep your work goals. Keep your eye on the end goal 
which is to be both productive at work and happy and fulfilled at work and at home. Be aware on how you interpret their behavior towards you. Become self-aware of how you may be interpreting all their behaviors through the lens of hostile or intrinsic attributions as opposed to situational causes. Did they hit you against did they hit against you in the hallway because the hallway is too narrow or because they intentionally intended to push you? When you were met with their cold stare in the lunchroom, was it because they had just been told by their boss that they had not performed as well as expected or because they have it in for you and they are not afraid to display it? How you interpret someone's motivations affects the conclusions you reach about them and their behavior towards you. Assess the power dynamic and build leverage. Oftentimes, when someone openly displays their dislike of us, it is because they perceive us to be less powerful than they are, and they, therefore, think that they can. Who has more leverage, you or them? If they have more leverage than you do, then you need to build power. For example, find powerful allies within the organization. This will help build leverage as you increase your perception of power in their eyes. Build power through building your knowledge, level of competence at what you do, and fostering trust. Knowledge and competence within the organization and gaining both the respect and trust of your boss and other co-workers will also undoubtedly tip the power equation in your favor and provide greater leverage when you ask for what you want. The more power you build, the less likely the co-worker will act in a hostile manner towards you. Be prepared and ready to act on your own power. Power is a potential. The expression of that power is assertive self-expression or advocacy for your own rights without stepping on someone else's toes. Unpack how their behavior is affecting you and your work. Make a list of each problematic behavior by the coworker. Next to each behavior, write out your power behaviors to address them. A power behavior must result in getting the other side to contract for a behavioral change. How do you do this? Describe the problematic behavior 
to the unfriendly coworker. Adopt a fact-based approach. Draw on objective facts. Objective facts are not up for debate. Your subjective interpretation of the facts would be. Describe the problematic behavior just the way it is. That is, don't let your fear of how it is received affect the content of what you say. Chris Griggs of the Harvard Business School has coined the term easing in to refer to situations where we try to soften the message by delivering it through subtext. Do not soften the message. Instead, be tactful with the tone and delivery of your message. That is, take out the emotional undertones, take out the judgment and subjective language, drop generalizations. Express your feelings and thoughts about the problematic behavior using I statements, which are about you and not the other person. Specify the behavioral change you are seeking. What is it that you want the other side to do or to stop doing? Spell out the consequence, which is not intended to punish the other side, but only intended to meet your legitimate needs. If they are not ready to contract for your behavioral change, be ready to execute your plan B. Your plan B, again, is not about punishing them, but standing up for what is right. For instance, as a consequence of last resort, when the coworker continues to behave badly, you will need to report them and their behavior to your boss or to the human resources department of your organization and be prepared to ask that they impose a consequence proportional to the bad behavior. Be mindful of your toxic emotions. Toxic emotions can throw you off your game. Despite the coworker's bad behavior, you must remain self-aware. Observe your negative emotions as they arise and choose constructive responses, notwithstanding the way you feel. This requires a tremendous degree of mindful practice. If you prepare ahead of your confrontation and take the above steps, your toxic emotions are less likely to take control of you as they arise. Don't take attention away from their bad behavior by behaving badly yourself. Set realistic boundaries. Power behaviors are about setting realistic boundaries for yourself and making sure it is understood where you draw the line and what the consequences are if others try to violate them. Again, imbue your consequences with positive intentions. 
you do not mean to harm the other side. However, you you protect yourself against harm by them. That is your legitimate right. Rely on confidence building measures or CBMs as appropriate. These are tokens of good faith that you extend based on what research calls the law of the law of reciprocity. That is, your gesture of good faith is reciprocated in kind. You offer some help with their next project in the hope that they will equally return the favor. Over time, you build trust and slowly rebuild the relationship. Don't extend them foolishly. Do so wisely and strategically as appropriate. Now, I just realized that there are a whole bunch of experts, each with little mini articles. So we're going to stop right there on that one. Okay. Because this is going to be long even though this is a one-hour program. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a pause for the cause, and I'll either be back with this or I'll be done with this. We'll see when I get back. (laughs) I'll tell you I love you for listening. (laughs) I do, I love you for listening. We'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website shigarianlaw.com and this article is entitled Hostile Workplace, How to Know You're in One and What You Can Do About It. This was written January 27th, 2021. All jobs, no matter what industry, are stressful to some extent. However, suppose an employee dreads going to work for various reasons, such as a bad boss, unpleasant co-workers, or a distressing work environment, among other things. It's more than just general work stress. If going to work starts to make employees feel depressed or physically ill, that means they are, cro- they are coming into a toxic work environment and some situations they face at work may be breaking some laws. If there are signs that you're in a hostile workplace, or you're a victim of a hostile work environment harassment, you should act as fast as you can to address the issue immediately. What is a hostile work environment? The legal dictionary defines a hostile work environment as an unwelcome or offensive behavior in the workplace, which causes one or more employees to feel uncomfortable, scared, or intimidated in their place of employment. A boss or or co-worker whose behavior, 
actions and verbal or nonverbal communication make your job more challenging and your time at the office unbearable shapes this antagonistic work environment. Such cases imply that the atmosphere has negatively affected one's right to work in a comfortable and safe work environment. It has changed the terms, conditions, and expectations of a pleasant workplace for employees. What makes a situation at work qualify as hostile? The civil law term hostile work environment is a workplace discrimination claim. For a workplace to be considered as such, certain legal standards must be met. If the claim is of a coworker who always chats with other employees or a boss who has a favorite among their staff, they do not qualify the legal criteria. A hostile workplace is considered as such when it crosses the line legal line and meets the criteria below if it discriminates. When your hiring manager outright rejects applications, applicants based on age, race, or gender, this means they are biased against a group or groups or groups of people, which is illegal under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. This law protects employees who may be discriminated against based on specific characteristics, such as racial discrimination, age discrimination, and religious discrimination. Moreover, discriminatory comments that are often stated casually or jokingly, but create a toxic atmosphere for everyone, especially the subject of the tirades can make employees feel comfortable and disrespected. If it is pervasive, what makes it illegal is when it involves pervasive bullying, lasts for a long time, and is not investigated and addressed enough by the company to stop. Of course, a severe remark or behavior in a single event is enough to make an employee feel unsafe, shaping a toxic environment. However, when ordinary employees find a behavior such as hostile work environment bullying or constant sexual windows that often happens at work, that's when pervasiveness contributes to creating hostility. If it oppresses, casual remarks, blunt comments, and minor isolated cases aren't always enough to call a a workplace hostile. For actions or behaviors that warrant legal action, it needs to be severe to the point that it disrupts one's quality of 
and will to work. This includes situations where a supervisor or people in a higher position threaten or treat a group of people differently based on their gender or color, causing the victims immense stress. Some may even call in sick or avoid going to work for a while due to its severity. If it is unwelcome, Unwelcome and inappropriate behavior or harassment, whether verbal or nonverbal, are actions that can make employees feel uncomfortable. Examples of this include showing graphic or vulgar images, making inappropriate sexual remarks or physical contact, asking someone about their sex life, committing workplace sexual harassment, and other forms of uninvited actions that makes one feel disrespected or violated. If it is extensive, the National Labor Relations Act gives employees a right to form, join, or assist labor organizations for united bargaining or protection. This means people who work in privately owned organizations have rights that encourage them to report or address unethical and high risk work conditions, including management rules or practices that unintentionally or intentionally affect their employees laws that protect employees. There are hostile work environment laws in place to protect the rights of employees for a safe workplace. <clears throat> Excuse me. Title seven of the Civil Rights Act. The act states that no employer should fail or refuse to hire or to discharge any individual or otherwise to discriminate against any individual with respect to his compensation, terms, conditions, or privileges of employment because of such individuals, race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Employers are also prohibited from violating workers' rights to express their beliefs at work. Age Discrimination in Employment Act. The federal law disallows discrimination against workers aged 40 or older. It will be unlawful for employers to refuse a person employee employment solely based on his or her age. Americans with Disabilities Act. The act forbids employers from discriminating against employees or applicants with disabilities and ensures that people with disabilities are provided with the same employment opportunities. Moreover, the law protects employees with disabilities from retaliation when they impose their rights.
steps to take in addressing a hostile work environment. If you find yourself in such situations, there are ways you can deal with hostile work environment harassment. Use the company's internal complaint process. If you strongly believe that your workplace is hostile, file an official internal complaint to your human resource department. You may think that this can get you in trouble or that the company may act against you, but know that federal law protects employees who file such complaints. Make sure to look into your company's complaint procedure, put your complaint in writing along with the evidence, and submit it to the right person. Gather evidence. For your accusation to hold weight, you must have strong evidence of any unwanted action or behavior that occurred, including notes, messages, emails, or recordings. It's also crucial that you prove that the management has been made aware of such toxic incidents to prove your case. Write down the discriminatory treatment or harassment you've been subjected to, including the time, date, and place. Be mindful of witnesses. Take note of anyone who has witnessed the discriminatory act and reach out to that person if it's okay to have him her as a witness. Document their names, contact details, and ask if they wouldn't mind writing down what they've seen. If you wish to pursue the case with a lawyer, the lawyer can contact them for a credible account of the incident. Arm yourself with knowledge of the laws that apply. Research about labor laws to see which ones apply to your case. If it involves discrimination, there are federal laws that protect people with complaints around age, race, and disability discrimination. You can also look into your state or, or provincial laws, provincial laws if the federal law isn't enough to help your case. Seek legal advice. If your employer fails to resolve the issue internally, it may be time to bring the case to court. Find credible lawyers who specialize in discrimination or employment law and and even wrongful termination to explore your legal rights and seek professional advice on the viability of the matter. Include proof of the negative impact of the hostility to your health and performance. Gather the performance reviews or any form of work assessment that you've received from your job. This is one way you can prove that the hostile work environment and discriminatory behavior have negatively affected your work performance. If you've consulted with a therapist or doctor around the time of the incident, take note of that as well. Always document everything. This has been mentioned before, but it's worth emphasizing, especially if you plan to take things to court. Document everything even the minor occurrences, the date, time, messages, notes, or other recordings that provide a clear and detailed account of the incident will strengthen your case. It's time you put a stop to a hostile work environment. 
A hostile work environment persists when it gets unbearable and uncomfortable to come to work, and the challenges and instances of uninvited and offensive actions continue. Trust your gut when you see red flags that signify that your workplace is toxic to the extent that it affects your and other employees' performance and quality of life. If you find yourself in the middle of a hostile workplace that gets worse each day, reach out to Shigerian and Associates for legal advice or representation. Together, let's fight for your rights to a safe work environment. Get a free evaluation. Then they want your name, your phone number, your email, your location, and a message. Okay? And you can contact them at 332-239-1411. You can visit their main office at 145 South Spring Street, Suite 400. That's Los Angeles, California. And then they also have a couple of more offices, which I'm not about to read all of these because they ain't all in California. And then they have one in New York. But anyway, we want to thank SherriganLaw.com for their fascinating article, Hostile Workplace, How to Know You're in One and What You Can Do About It. And we'll be right back after this brief pause for a cause. Did you know I love you for listening? (laughs) It's time for Dictionary Definition of the Day. Today's dictionary definition word of the day brought to you by Oxford Languages is hostile. It's an adjective, unfriendly, antagonistic, of or belonging to a military enemy, opposed, hostile, and we'll be right back. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, after I've completed that last article, I realized that we're out of time. <laughs> I guess that's what it means. Time flies when you're having fun. Now, you know the rules. Don't let anybody take you off your square. And trust me, I got taken off my square last this past week. But we're going to keep moving forward because we can't go back. And I'll let you guys know what happens. Because whatever is going to happen is going to happen anyway, isn't it? Now, where was I? Don't let anybody take you off your square. Remember, you are the only you in this whole universe. And you are doing a fabulous job of being you. And don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Now, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Just Miss Rose. I will see you next Sunday. Please support my sister podcast, Ask the Massage Table Turns, which I will be recording on Monday. You have a fabulous week. Okay? I love you for listening. Mwah.